0: Thanks for tuning in on our Canyon Hills San Luis Obispo podcast. Wherever you're tuning in from, we pray you're encouraged by the message. That'll be a good one. So Romans chapter three, you've been standing for a while. Let me help. The Bible says in verse 21, "But in our time something new has been added." I'm reading out of the Message version. What Moses and the prophets witnessed to all of those years has happened. The God setting things right that we read about has become, watch this, Jesus setting things right for us. I said at the beginning of the service, if you weren't here, I'm going to give you the opportunity. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So it's Jesus setting right. And not only for us, but for everyone who believes in him. For there is no difference between us and them in this. Since we've, all of us, Compiled this long and sorry record as sinners. Wow, what a way to put that one. Both us and them, and proved that we are utterly incapable of living the glorious lives God wills for us. Watch here. God did it for us. Man, that sounds good. God did it for us. Out of sheer generosity, he put us in right standing with himself, a pure gift. He got us out of the mess we're in and restored us to where he always wanted us to be. And he did it, watch here, by means of Jesus Christ, not by anything else. God says, if I'm going to make things right, it's going to be Jesus who makes things right. God sacrificed Jesus on the altar of the world to clear that world of sin. Having faith in him sets us in the clear. God decided on the course of action in full view of the public to set the world in the clear with himself through the sacrifice of Jesus, finally taking care of the sins. Watch here. He had so patiently endured. We've been in the year of the Bible series for almost a full year. What did the children of Israel do? Time and time again, they messed up. In Romans, Paul's saying, God was patient. Long-suffering. Aren't you thankful that God is long-suffering with you? Come on, I'm still thankful He's long-suffering with me. Man, I got issues. You got issues? Man, He's long-suffering. Okay, let me finish this off so you can sit. This not only is clear, but it's now, this is current history. God sets things right. He also makes it possible for us to live in rightness. That's good. Okay, one more verse, then you can sit down. First Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation. Say, No temptation. Has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, there that is again, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Two verses, one title. If you're taking notes, it goes like this Sinners we are, saints we're becoming. Sinners you are, but saints you're becoming. I tell you, I'm fired up this morning, so if I get super crazy and jump off this stage and come at you, it's out of love. Amen? Would you bow your heads, would you close your eyes? Let's pray. Father, help in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Would you give your neighbor a high five and you may be seated. Someone just gave the air a high five. He's got no neighbor. All right, so I'm going to have to calm myself a little bit. So I'm going to calm myself. Everybody say, Pastor Rich, calm down. All right, I'm going to calm down just a little bit though. What are we talking about today? This is a question I always want to answer at the beginning of every message so we can set our hearts and so we can set our minds. Today we're talking about three things, and they all lead to the other. They all, they're all in, in, in whatever that word is. Temptation. Say temptation. Sin. Oh, okay. A little bit quieter on that one. And repentance. Oh, we like that one. Again, we're talking about temptation. We're talking about sin. Sin. And we're talking about repentance because the reality is all of them, they go together. Here's the challenge. Anytime you talk about sin, it gets real quiet. Here's why it gets quiet. Because if you were raised like some of you were in a generation where this word was thrown into your face, you saw it in the light of a God who was mean and a God who was mad. And it created a performance style Of Christianity, which really isn't Christianity at all. In other words, I've got to prove my worth to God by keeping all of these rules and not breaking them. If you broke them, then what happened is, is you had people who may be well-intentioned, but I believe uninformed, and I believe very immature, who would put fingers in your face and say, if you keep doing that, you're going to go to hell. And what happened was, is a generation of people left the church because there was a group of people pointing a finger at people's sin and saying, you're going to hell if you keep doing it. Am I speaking to the right crowd here today? We know that era. Now, the reality is, will sin send you to hell? Yes. Only if you haven't repented. Only. Only. Only if you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Which means sin is an issue, but sin can be forgiven. So it's hard to talk about sin. Let me give you another reason why it's hard. It's hard because today if you speak out against sin, you can have liberties taken from you. You could have things said that if you don't do A, B, C, and D, we will shut you down. I've said this before and I'll say it again. There is going to come a day where us as a church takes a stand against an issue that is in God's word, that is plain and clear that we will be threatened with some type of law or some type of issue or some type of space or some type of 501c3 that if you don't do this, you can't have that. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna happen. I'm not saying that because I wanna be right, I'm just telling you the writing's on the wall. It's gonna be very unpopular, forget popular, Forget that. Who cares about being popular? It's going to be an issue for you to actually stand for what's right. That day is coming. For some of you, it's already here. You you face that at work. If you don't agree with what they say in their policies or the little huddles that they do, you're the outcast. My wife worked for Cal Poly for two years and had to sit in meetings every single week where her faith in Jesus, in the Word of God, was consistently attacked and said that if you don't believe this, you're on the outside. If you don't believe this, you won't have a job here. (laughs) So I told her to quit, and she did. She said, well, why don't you tell her to, to stay on and be light? We can be light, but it was crazy. Some of the things that they would say that if you don't, they would say that our goal in four years as a student of Cal Poly, I hate to call it out by name, but it's universities all around this nation that says that, our goal is to get any Christian that comes into this college to denounce their faith by year two. And I used to not believe that. I used to say, oh, you know what, they're just making stuff up until my wife sat in those meetings. So let me say something to every college student in this place watching online. You're going to have to stand for your faith in in seasons and in situations where it is not going to be good. But really, it's not going to be good for them. Because at the end of the day, we win, the Bible wins, God wins, and everyone said. So, so when, you're, when you're talking on sin, you gotta be bold about it. Now, here's the thing. We've gotta speak on sin. But can I just say something? This is where I'm gonna... You could do it with care. You can do it in love. College student, hear me. When, when your faith is being tested on your campus, in your classroom, with your professor. The Bible says that a soft word will turn away wrath. You could do something with care and still speak the truth and be as bold as a lion. Amen? Amen. So the thing is, we do have to talk about sin. But you know what else we have to talk about? Grace, mercy. You See, that's what used to be missing and I'm not trying to pick on a generation. I'm just saying, as a 39 year old, I sit with 50, 16, 70 year olds who tell me what church was like when they were growing up and how it has taken them decades to overcome that. It's difficult. And that's because, yes, speak out against sin, but do it in love. So we always say, right? Never rebuke somebody you've never prayed over because it won't go nowhere. You, you have no right as a believer to put your face or your finger in front of someone and rebuke them when you haven't wept over them in prayer and covered them in prayer. Because when you do that, what happens is now you have grace and now you have truth and now you have a conversation and now you have understanding. I'm taking a little while on this because I think I've kind of hit a nerve. It's all over your faces and that's okay. Jesus said your sin is forgiven, but go sin no more. That was grace grace. That was care. You've heard me say this a lot recently. That was care, and that was candor. I love you enough to tell you this is wrong. Please go do it no more. you got to have both. And that's what we're seeing. The reason we're talking about this today, you might be wondering, how in the world, wow, I came to church to be encouraged today, and homeboy's going straight for the jugular talking about sin. (laughs) Number one, I should not say homeboy because I say it (laughs) in much too white of an accent, (laughs) if that's even an accent. You say Why? If you follow along in our reading plan, we've been reading through the whole Bible, made it to the New Testament, but in our read scripture, we got to the book of Romans, and Romans is difficult. If you've ever read Romans, there are some things in Romans that will trip you up as they should. It should, it should pause you, and you should go, I wonder what that means. Like, wait, is that the case? Okay, what is the rest? I mean, Romans is one of those books where when you read it, you have to really slow down and go, okay, what is really being said here? And that's why having a discipline as a believer of not just reading the Bible, but studying the Bible is so important. Because Romans, as we read through Romans chapter one and got all the way through, I believe chapter eight, nine and all that stuff, did you notice if you read it, and Patricia and Ron, I know you guys will, um, did you notice how much sin and law was spoken about in those first books of Romans. It was all over the place. sin and law sin and law sin and law sin-in-law, in-law, in-law, sin-in-law. Just joking, just joking. <laughs> My in-laws are the best, so <laughs> just saying. I don't know how your in-laws are, mine are good. Okay, did I do that all right? Did, okay, I'm good. At first, mom looked at me like, what'd you just say? I'm like, I didn't mean it. Um, you're the best, I know you are. Um, it talked a lot about sin. And so I was like, man, okay, and understanding this whole year of the Bible, man, we, we have to talk about this because let's go all the way back to the beginning of our series. What happened in the book of Genesis? Sin. It's been the problem ever since. Have you noticed that? Like everything originated from two people in a garden with a piece of fruit. And here we are. So it's important for us to talk about it okay that's important for us to understand and so it causes us to go all the way back um to it okay so i think i've laid the foundation we're talking about temptation we're talking about sin and then we're talking about forgiveness or repentance okay can we say it say temptation, temptation. Sin, sin sin a little bit louder sin, sin. okay because we all got it right same level playing field okay now repentance okay so it's no secret i love to work out if you've been coming to this church for a while, especially the past three years, I love to work out. Anybody else? Oh, okay, we got real quiet. Anyways, uh, Danielle, good to see you. So I, I love working out. Now, there's a lot of weight on, on here. And so what I thought I would do today is I thought in helping us understand how temptation works, I thought I would take a good old bench press, all right? Because if you're a guy inside of this room and you work out, let me tell you what you're doing tomorrow. It's National Bench Press Monday. Why? Because guys always like to bench and they like to curl for the girls. Okay, they like to do all that stuff. So, little joke we had in the gym, okay? And so, what I thought I would do is I thought I would load all the weight I have in my garage. I actually have another set of 25s and I thought, cold turkey, no warm-up, that I would pop on side of here and go ahead and give this a lift. All right, so we've got 45s. We've got 135. 135 plus 70 is 205. 255 that's 285 that's 305 that's 315 that's 320 what in the world am i thinking okay just just nice and cold just to help us understand how this whole idea of um of of, te- of temptation works so temptation's a lot like um it's a lot like a bench press it's a lot like uh, i'm trying to be a show up at church not really because i don't really need to But it's like one of those things where it's just something that, you know, uh, well, no, wait, hold on. I'm doing this all wrong. Temptation's really not like that. For example, we know what sin, say sin. Sin. We know what sin is, right? Daryl, Jonathan, can you guys come here real quick? I'm just going to call you guys out. Um, We know when something's really bad. Like, would it be a bad idea for me to pop on here with no warm-up and try to bench-patch 320 pounds? Would that be? Okay, good. Guys are active. So let's start pulling some of this weight off. So um, take them off the same at a time so the bar doesn't go crazy. Um, We know know when something's a really, really bad idea. We know when something is sin, and we know sin is bad, but it's staring at us, right? And it looks good. We know whatever it is. We know sin can feel good and if anybody's ever told you that sin's not fun they're not doing it right it's the reality sin is fun but only for a season that's not how sin and temptation work temptation is a lot like this i I don't need a spot man come on it's 45 pounds it's 40 no you get on that side sir come on it's just 45 so here's what we're going to do I'm gonna bench press this as many times as I possibly can. Every time I get to a set of 10, I want you to say 10, and then 20, and then? 30. Very good, man, it took you guys a while. And then, okay, cool. So we'll just, we're just gonna do go. So we're just gonna pop this here. Probably get a good warm-up. Danielle, um, are, my, are my lats locked? Everything good? Perfect, thank you. We work out. So I'm just gonna stay here, no big deal. Just gonna go. You guys can have conversations to yourself. I'll give you a subject, the Partridge family. Talk amongst yourselves. Did I get to 10 yet? Yeah. Okay, good. Just wondering. Oh, we got some good counters in the room. Hey, I told you to talk about the Partridge family. Okay, I'm not hearing conversations going on. Oh, 20. Okay, cool. let just gonna sit here and go. No big deal, right? Anybody who goes to the gym knows, man, this is no big deal. It's 45 pounds. Woo, buddy. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. Just put myself up there. Is there a reason why you guys are standing out there? Oh, I'm just tapping. It's like a drummer. That's what, a dru- it's what a drummers do. See, now I'm doing a double bass kick on the drums. Josh, what do you think? Thank you. Okay. This is actually starting to burn a little bit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the core engaged. I don't even, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Hey, are you guys close? Yep. Okay. No, don't don't, don't touch it. I'm not done. (laughs) What am I at? It hurts. I can't breathe. You know, what's really going to be a worse idea is trying to talk to you guys after I do this. Uh, you ever felt that way in life? Uh, just, just wondering. <laughs> okay. I'm going to need a little bit of help. Oh, there it goes. Nope, nope, not yet. Let me help you finish. A uh, little bit of help here. Uh, What'd I get? Why do you say that as a question mark? I did all the work. I did all the work and you're giving me a guess. (sighs) Don't worry. Just give me a a moment here. Um, Number one, thank you for being there. Number two, thank you for being there. You can go sit down now. Agua, please, yeah. Um, Ashley, am I okay right here? Cool. (sighs) Bet you guys didn't know you were getting this when you came to church today, did you? (sighs) (sighs) Thanks, appreciate that. The only compliment I get, finally. (gasps) I mean, Corey's sitting on the back row today. We're going golfing today. I have just ruined my golf round, hands down. It's it's just done. It's over. Thank you, sir. I'm being very intentional with this, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) He has seen me at my best and at my worst. Okay, so here's the deal. That's temptation right there. Okay, follow follow with me real quick, okay? Um, I'm not standing yet. I'll get there. That's a lot how temptation really works. For a season, for a while, maybe even for a long time, I've got this. I I don't need anybody to spot me. I, I can handle this. This is no big deal. I've got it. And then what happens is the season comes or you get to that 103. You you get to rep 103 and guess what? You can't. You can't avoid it anymore. What you thought, thank you, ma'am. Love you, bro. Raider fans, maybe we stay true. Um, (laughs) What you thought you could handle What you thought you had a handle on, you you no longer do. Let let me give you some examples. Gentlemen and ladies, you're walking down the street. You happen to notice a very nice looking person. The thought comes to your mind, good job God. (laughs) And don't you be looking at me in that tone of voice. And this goes for both both men and women. Like, wow, God God did good. When I saw Vanessa for the first time, God did really good. <laughs> but that second look, those eyes that go, don't look at me so holy. All of a sudden, now I've gone somewhere in my mind with someone else who's not my spouse. I can handle it for a while, no, that's good. Yeah, good job, God, good, keep, gonna keep on walking, life's going good. How, how about this, hey, yeah, I, I know I left work a little early, but that paycheck comes and it still has full shift, full-time pay. But you left early. You ever been tempted like that? Can I just give you point number one? It's not a sin to be tempted. Please don't get quiet on me. It's not a sin to be tempted. So that thought comes, do I look at that person a little bit longer? Oh, why am I even thinking that? Oh my gosh, I'm a foul person. Oh my god, I'm a sinner. No, no, no. It's not a sin to be tempted. Who do you think put that thought there? Satan did. It's not a sin that has a thought that comes in, we're, we're going to go play golf. So MJ, we're on the golf course, right? And you hit that ball, and it goes a little left, and you start to realize, man, that's a little close to that OB line. So you get up, and, you know, Corey and I, we're, we're over here in the fairway. Well, Corey's in the fairway. I might be out of bounds on the other side, but you're over here. And the thought comes, they're, they're not here, and the ball's just out of bounds just, just that much no one will ever see it if I just foot wedge that thing back over it's not a sin to be tempted it's a sin when you give in to temptation it's a sin when you, you actually commit it's, gentlemen it's that when your wife has done something to annoy you you want me to re- switch the roles because I started getting looks right there we can flop that over you know and that, that, that name that you want to call her is in your brain? I wish. <laughs> she is. But, but all of a sudden you're tempted with that thought to tell them what you really think, right? Am I, am I speaking everyone's language here? Like, listen to me. It is not a sin to, to be tempted. We've all been tempted. It's a sin when we cross that line. So, so, so point number one is, is it's, not a tempt, it's, not, it's not a sin to be tempted. That's, that's, that's what we need to know. But number two is simply this. You, you have to understand that we are never above temptation. I'm kind of going around the, the ball here a little bit, but let me just try to make this make sense. We need to know that it's not a sin to be tempted. We also need to know that we're not above temptation. Can I give you a dangerous statement? I'd never do that. It's a very dangerous statement. How many of us can go down the memory lane of life? Someone that we looked up to, that we knew would never, and they did. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You ever heard that statement before? You better take heed. It's very dangerous when we say things like well I would, I would never do that. Here's what I've learned. Satan will not only attack your weaknesses, but Satan will also attack your strengths. He goes after both. So where you think you might be strong, and you might be, there might be something that used to tempt you that no longer tempts you anymore. Give God praise for that because he did that in you but still be on guard because you can go a while and then boom, the next thing you know, whatever it is, it comes back and it starts to call your name. You're never above temptation. You have to walk in humility. So so number one, it's not a sin to be tempted. Number two, we're never above temptation. Number three, know this, God will never tempt you. These are things that we just need to know first before we deal with it. You have to know that God will test you, but he will never tempt you. There's a big difference there. God will test us to push us forward, but Satan will tempt us to pull us backwards. Have you noticed that? James 1.13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So there's the answer. i probably heard say, well, God's tempting me. No, no, no. God's not tempting you. He's testing you. As a matter of fact, we can go all throughout the Bible. Why would God test us? You ever ask that? Like, why would God put me in this situation? Okay. Have you ever, if you're a parent in this room, ever set your, your, your child up with something that might be just a little bit too hard for them so you could teach them? Have you ever allowed them to make a decision that you know wasn't the best so that you can have an opportunity to help? If you're not a parent, have you ever had to be the boss over someone and said, you know what, I'm going to let them run with this a little bit? It might not be the best way of doing it, but then I can come back and I can have a moment. God allows us to be tested just like he was. Remember when the devil came? Started talking about Job. Can I test your servant? And what did God say about Job? He said, he said Job, in essence, he won't fail the test. What, how could God say that Job wouldn't fail the test? Could it just be that Job had been tested many times before? And didn't cave? I would think so. That's the best bet I've got. But I've heard people say, well, God's just tempting me. Friends, he doesn't do that. But it is a test. And if I could just tell you something about temptation, it's this. Every temptation is an invitation to depend on Jesus. Every time you're tempted. Listen, I don't know what you're tempted by. I do know that you're tempted by things that you like because that's what the Bible says. Come on, you're not tempted by things you don't like, amen? Okay, we're gonna get some more talking back in here a little bit, amen? If there's something you don't like, it doesn't tempt you. Why? Because you don't like it. But you are tempted by the things you do like. And only you know what those are. So here's the thing. The next time you're tempted in an area, can I just encourage you that when that happens, it's actually an invitation for you to call upon Jesus to bring him into the situation. So what do we need to know? We need to know that it's not a sin to be tempted. We need to know that we are never above temptation. We need to know that God will never tempt us. And fourth, we need to know that there is always a way out. Every time you're tempted, you know what it is. Think about it right now. When it comes, there's a way out. Let me read 1 Corinthians ten thirteen in the message version. No test. Or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. That should be encouraging to you. A lot of people say, man, I just feel like I'm I'm all alone. You're, You're never all alone. When you're tempted, God's like, I'm right here, and here's your way of escape. Now let me get real, let me get raw, because that's how I like to roll, and that all starts with ours. So does my name Rich, okay? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) trying to calm down from my heart rate, all right? We think this only applies to the moment. Everyone look at me real quick. God giving you a way of escape is just not something that takes care of itself in the moment. It's also with what you set up for the future. Track with me. We we need to talk about this in the church. If pornography is an issue in your life, here's care and candor. It's sin, and if it's not dealt with, it will destroy you, if you're married, it will destroy your marriage. And if you're not careful, it will grip your life so hard that you might walk away from God. Ouch. So when you're tempted to look at pornography, whether it's on your phone, a computer, or device, and we know the scripture that God has given me a way of escape, there's something that you need to set up for your future. So this is how this looks. If I have a pornography issue, then what I'm doing is I'm getting an app. There's three of them out there. If you wanna come find me, if you're bold enough to say, hey, I've got an issue, I'm caring enough to say, I got you. And no one else has to know. You need to set an app on your phone so the next time you are tempted, There's no option. That is how God helps you escape temptation. Does that make sense? There's an app that anytime you view a website that's pornography, that it sends a message to whoever whoever your accountability partner is. It's a phenomenal app. Why do I mention that? That's the way of escape that the Bible talks about. God's given someone the wisdom, the ability to make a tool that can help others find freedom from pornography. It's a big issue in our times. It's a big issue in the church. More than we like to admit. It's a real issue. And it's not just for men, it's also for ladies. Statistics shows that women are just as much um, um, addicted to pornography as men are. So it's a neutral issue all the way across the board. This is just one example Okay, if if your issue is not investing in your marriage, then you need to put people in your life who could help you invest in your marriage and you need to get accountable. Take any form of temptation that you have. There's a system in place that you could use. And let me just say this. Of course, those are systems. I'm gonna give you three things that'll really help. But those are just things that help. And I think it's time for us as the body of Christ to be open and honest enough to say that whatever the temptation is that's pulling me away from where I should be to have enough boldness and enough love to say, hey, let's have this talk. Can I just tell you it'll change your life? Whew, I'm sorry it got so heavy, but I'm telling you, when temptation comes, you need to know that there is always a way to escape it, and God will help you. Okay, so that's what we need to know. Let's end our time with this. What do we now need to do? If that's what we need to know about temptation, that God doesn't tempt us, all those things, then what is it that we, that we need to do? If you're taking notes, I would love for you to write this down. To beat temptation, we must feed our spirit. Okay, this is where we're gonna park and we're gonna end. We've gotta feed our spirit. So, what does that look like? We're gonna go back to Christianity 101, okay? You ready? To feed your spirit, number one, you feed your spirit with prayer. You have to pray. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, this is the words of Jesus, lest you enter in, what's that word say? Into temptation. The spirit... (laughs) is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Have you ever been there before? God, I don't want to do this. My spirit is saying, no, this is sin. I don't want to, I'm tired of it. But my flesh is weak. So Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, look, you need to pray. You need to watch and you need to pray that you don't fall into temptation. Everyone look at me real quick. Notice the word, fall into temptation. So you mess up. Someone says, well, what did you do? What do we say? I fell into sin. I fell into immorality, right? Have you ever heard that before? Okay, I need some talking. I'm getting nervous. You ever heard that before? Okay, curious thought. Why don't we ever hear someone say, I fell into righteousness? Why is it always I fell into sin? I, I, I fell into immorality. I, I've never heard someone say, you know, I was just walking along in life and, whoops, I tripped into holiness. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. We know that. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm not trying to, to say you're not smart enough. <laughs> you fell into holiness? Well, how did that happen? No idea. Walking around one day, tripped into holiness. I'm holy. No, 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 no. You trip and fall into temptation, but righteousness is only through an intentional pursuit of the goodness of God. You have to work at your holiness. Listen, temptation may be strong, but prayer is stronger. Look at your neighbor and say, prayer is stronger. So many times we say, I just can't beat temptation, I'm gonna shoot real. Then what you're saying is, is what Jesus did on the cross isn't strong enough for you. Is what Jesus did good enough? Of course it is. All right, so we don't have to. As Omar comes. You gotta feed your spirit with prayer. Number two is you gotta feed your spirit with God's word. I told you, this is, this is Christianity 101. How do we feed our spirits? Through prayer and through God's word. Psalm 119. How could a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word. God's word works. God's word is powerful. He left us with his word. I wanna do something real quick. MJ, there's, there's a slide. Go to the next one for me real quick. Nope, that one. I want everyone to, to just real quick, and we're gonna bring this to a close. And Danielle, I need you to get ready. So I'm gonna use you here in a minute. Lindy, I'm gonna need you too, okay? You guys ready? I'll, I'll call you up. As I was preparing this week, I really felt like in my heart that some of you You just can't find a rhythm with your Bible. I'm just, I couldn't think of any other way to think this through. You just can't find a rhythm with your Bible. You're inconsistent. You're good for a little while and then it falls off. I, me personally, as a pastor, do not define my success with how full this room gets. I don't define my success that way. Not a lot of people know it, but our church is about 155 people. If everybody showed up on the same week, we're about a church of 155 people. Someone say, you you got a big church or a small church? That's a relative term. What's big to you might not be big to me. What's small to you might not, that's silly. Can I tell you what I base my success off of? How much you love Jesus and how much you love his word. That's what I do. So when I hear someone say, man, I'm just not in my Bible, for me, red flag, what can I do to help? So every single morning when I wake up, you guys heard me talk about this a couple weeks ago, I have a group of men. We're in in a YouVersion Bible app, or devotion. And we do it every single day. As your pastor, if you are struggling to read your Bible every single day, I want to walk with you. So there's a number up here on the screen, 805-321-1357. That's our church texting line. You can save that in your phone anytime you need to ask a question about an event or about something. It goes straight to my phone. I get to answer you. If you aren't reading your word every single day, or if you are struggling in an area of temptation, I want to start walking with you. So what you need to do is you're just going to text Bible to 805-321-1357. And today, after Corey whips me on the golf course for our golf and grub, I'm going to respond to you you'll need to make sure that you have a YouVersion Bible account and I'm going to respond to you and I'm going to say, what topic do you need God's word on? Then I'm going to go through the millions of plans that they have and I'm going to find one and I'm going to send you a request. You'll accept it. And starting tomorrow, all you need to do is block off five minutes before you start your day. Or maybe you might have to do it at lunch. I do mine every single morning. My wife is probably listening to this in the other room because we send our videos to the other rooms. Every morning, I drive to the extra mile gas station. I grab my can of energy. <laughs> uh, I'm in trouble. And I park. And I read my U-Version plan. And then the gentleman that I'm in a group with, we make sure there's a talk it over section. And we say one thing that stood out to us. It's how we keep each other accountable. I wanna journey with you, okay? All you gotta do is text that number. Because here's the deal, if you don't feed your spirit, you will give in to temptation. So you have to feed your spirit with the word, with prayer, and then lastly as we close, okay? You have to feed your spirit with the right people. I don't think I need to spend a lot of time on this one. But I will tell you, the wrong friendships in your life will not push you closer to Christ. If they're not in love with God for themselves, what makes you think they're going to push you to be more in love with God? They're not going to. Does that mean that I don't have any friends who aren't believers? Of course not. How do we reach our world? to to every believer in our church if you don't have somebody in this community that sits at your dining table at least once or twice a month that you're just loving on in relationship with sitting with sinners like jesus did you're missing out on a really really good opportunity and you need to start praying about those around your neighborhood or where you were or where you are and you need to start being intentional about putting sinners around your okay that's a whole nother message and a whole nother thought This scripture right here is saying when you put the wrong people around you, they corrupt you. The Bible doesn't say you change them. Don't you wish it did? It says that if you as believers surround yourself with the wrong type of company and allow them to speak into your life, it could ruin you. So you need the right people. Lindy, Danielle, would you come? See, if I'm gonna beat temptation. Here's what I know. I need to pray. Right? Do you need to pray? I know you guys are stronger than the men who were up here first. I I know that. So if you guys can do me a favor, I want you to grab the 45s and go and put those on on each side. I got the real strength up here now. I know the gentleman had to step out, might have a family thing going on. But I I brought in the real muscle for this part. Every lady in this room, you should be like, and you're not, whatever. Um, So, um, yeah, 45, let's throw the uh, 35s on next. I know I need to pray. I, I know, I know that I know that I know that I need God's word. I know I'm taking a little bit of time, but just track with me real quick. You guys are okay. You can do a little bit of a longer message today. Is that all right? That was quiet. <laughs> Sorry, it's only 1141. It's gonna be all right, guys. If you can watch a Marvel movie at the, at the movie theater and not complain, you can sit in church, okay? Amen. Boom! Boom! Um, If you're not memorizing scripture, you need to start. Listen, if you're having a hard time reading the Bible, then you need to join me, we need to start there. If you're a believer and you've been serving Jesus for a long time and you don't have the discipline, can I just encourage you with all the love in my heart, please memorize scripture. David said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not, he hid God's word in his heart. Get God's word in your heart start memorizing scripture, but I also need help. So let me see, let me see. What do you guys think? Think I'm still warmed up from earlier? Okay, so you grab that, so you grab that. I'll go and pull it up and try to go. If I need your help, I'm gonna say help, okay? Oh, go ahead and let it go. Uh, let's see. Oh, that's good, okay. Little, sh- little shaky. All right, hmm, let's try the 15s. Let's throw the 15s on. So I'm trying to overcome temptation in my life. That's a 25. Definitely don't do that one. That would be bad. I don't think I'm ready for that one yet. And it's like, man, I'm I'm starting to read my word. I'm starting to pray. Man, I'm starting to knock some giants down. You ever been there before? You ever been in what I call the sweet spot with God? It just feels like everything clicks, right? Everything's good. See, there's a bad dog and there's a good dog, right? Which one wins in a fight? The one you feed. There's a good dog and there's a bad dog in all of us. I'm not trying to refer you to a dog, by the way. Some of you are dog lovers, so you're like, I'm okay with that, it's fine. But there's a good dog and there's a bad dog in all of us. The good dog, that's the Spirit. Man, the bad dog. That's the flesh. Man, the spirit's willing. The flesh, not so much. So maybe on my own, I'll lift this one up by myself. Hopefully. If it caves on my chest, then you gotta pick it up, okay? That's, that's the sign. Breathe. Okay. Oh, it's feeling good today. Let's take the, let's take the 15s off, throw the 25s on. So, I have this this part of me that says, man, I'll let you fill in the blank. I keep blowing it, fill in the blank, but I've changed something. Now all of a sudden, I've got God's word. Every morning when I wake up, I don't take Pastor Rich's advice. I stay away from the rock stars. But I do drink a lot of coffee. And some of you who get on to me about my rock stars need to look at your coffee and take every day and back off man i'm starting to you know what's happening i'm going to sleep at night and i can't wait for the morning time to come you want to know why because i get to get in god's word if you've ever been there before you know exactly what i'm talking about there's nothing better than knowing that, man, when I get to wake up in the morning, I get to open the bread of life. God breathed his word. And when I'm feeling down, and when I've got issues going on, I get to open up his word and I get to read, man. And you man, tomorrow we're in first we're in Corinthians chapter 11 and I can't wait to see what that chapter's all about. And then I got to pop over to a book of Psalms. Oh man, that book of Psalms is so good. It's like David was singing song, he's got a little harp. He's a do- man, I'm just, and you know what? All of a sudden now I'm much nicer to my spouse and man, I actually love my kids in the morning. This is really good, why? Cause I started my morning off with some coffee or a rockstar in God's word and I'm just feeling it. And then I go to work and whoo, everything's going good at work. Not because they're good, they still drive me nuts but now I've got patience for them because in the morning I started praying and I got God's word and man, life is good. Come on, have you ever been there? But life starts to get a little bit hard, ladies. I don't know what's gonna happen on this one. So I'll lift it up. And if I say help, that's what I want you to touch it, okay? But not until then, because you know what? I've been reading God's word. I've been in prayer. What is this? Hold on here. Gotta think this through. What is it? Thank you, son. You're just like your mama, good at math. Um, I'm starting to feel good. I've got prayer. I've got God's word. Oh, this is going to be good. Help. One, two, three. Dang, I thought I was going to get a lot farther than that today. I'm really bad by that. Anyways, what happened when I got stuck? It's not a trick question. Who helped me? My friends, my peers, my fellow believers. When temptation is too much, I need the help of my friends. And I guarantee you, Daryl and Jonathan could not do what they just did. Hey man, can you give them a round of applause as they go? Would you stand your, stand your feet? Stand with me. I hope my silly illustrations make sense. Trust me, I'm not trying to show off either. I didn't even get up 255, so there's definitely no showing off going on here. Although during Mac out, I got 295, so but I was a little fresh. I didn't do 103. Yeah, I think I'm still hurting on that one. Golf game's not going to be too good today. (laughs) Hear me. Listen, I don't want you to be bound by sin. I don't want sin to separate you from a loving God. I don't want sin disrupting your marriages and your friendships and your relationships i don't want sin removing you from the calling that god has in your life are you hearing my heart we are not slaves to sin that's what romans was talking about this week you're not a slave sin cannot grip your life If you put Jesus at the center of it. Do you understand me? Jesus is greater and bigger than what you're tempted by. And he sent his son Jesus to erase sin. When you say, Father, forgive me for my sin. The Bible says as far as the east. East is from the west. So far have your sins been removed. As much as there is sand on the bottom of the ocean floor, just think of the sand that's on the beach. All of the sand under the bottom of the ocean. God says, I remember your sin no more because of what Jesus did. So when temptation comes, and it's going to, remember, it's not a sin to be tempted. Remember, you're not above temptation. Remember, God doesn't tempt. Remember, There's always a way out. Always, always, always. What do we got to do? We've got to feed our spirit. How do we feed our spirit? We're in God's word. How do we feed our spirit? We're in prayer. How do we feed our spirit? We call on our friends. Say, would you help me? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Father in Jesus. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with us, text CONNECT to 805-321-1357 or visit us at slow.canyonhills.com. Until next time, have a great day and be encouraged that God is with you and for you.